0: I want to tell you exactly what it is. If you, when you set up on Rumble and you're setting it up, you have to input codes. And if you, I guess, if you take longer than eight, seven minutes to start the show or six minutes to start the show, you can't connect the feed from Zoom to Rumble. It like knocks you out. Uh, huh. If that makes any sense, it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. But it, it's uh, been happening. And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, for the Saturday night special of the world according to Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We are joined again by one of our favorite guests,
1: Mary Gunasekra,
0: sure. who I will let you her tell you herself what she does and where she comes from.
2: So I come from a lot of places. I'm currently in Oxford, Mississippi, but um, you can follow my work at the Independent Women's Forum, IWF.org, or follow me on Twitter at MississippiMG or on Truth at Mandy.gunasakara.
1: I'm kind of curious to know what uh, you mean when you say you come to a lot of places. Where do you come from? Here?
2: Well, um, I guess I grew up in a lot of places. Uh, my dad was military, thinking about that. But I <laughs> actually meant to say I wear a lot of work hats, so I have... Independent Women's Forum. I also work for a group <clears throat> called the Heritage Foundation. And, and then I also have...
1: a very well.
2: Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And um, and I'm working with some of my former DOJ colleagues on a really big long-term legal project for whenever Republicans take back the administration, we're going to be ready with some really important regulatory items. And then I also have a consulting practice called Section 7 Strategies um, with my husband. And we focus on energy, environment, tax, and trade um, law, legal, and congressional engagements.
1: Fabulous! You are a very, very energetic young woman. God bless you.
0: Very, <laughs> extremely, and of course, the show wouldn't be complete without America's humble servant, actor, multiple Emmy Award winner, writer, speechwriter for two presidents, two and a half presidents, let's just say, for the record. Uh, of course, he's an economist. He's a lawyer. He's a teacher, a professor. Of all things, especially history. Most importantly, he's a husband and a father. Second, most importantly, he is the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy Stein.
1: Trying to do an incredibly difficult surgery
2: to get the truth out of the elections. Oh, I, I love that. that! I'll
1: do it. I don't know. I don't know that there is any truth. You, you know, Mandy, when the Lord Jesus was brought before the magistrates. And he said, uh, and they said to him, uh, what, uh, I hear we hear you, that you're telling people that you're king of the Jews, is that true? Are you king of the Jews? And uh, uh, he said, Jesus said, that's what you say. And they said, uh, but what is the truth? And Jesus said, a- 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 and Jesus said that's, that's your truth. And, and Pilate, was, is Pilate or Herod, I forget, said, what is truth? Is it unchanging law?
0: I, I I I like that a lot, Mandy. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's a good question. It's it's so frustrating on the election that in some states they figured it out. They can do it in a day, and it used to be up until recently. Um, it, it's interesting. I feel like recently, two years only... ago. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, but it. This is the only industry where the technology has improved, so to speak but the efficiencies have significantly decreased in terms of integrating that new technology. And and I just, I can only assign some degree of of nefarious purpose to it. That's all I can, that's all I can think of.
1: Oh, nefarious purpose. And not only nefarious purpose, but nefarious effect.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just nefarious purpose. But they seem to have managed to get the Marius effect in there too, and that's the really bad one.
0: Well, it's I I I will say this: it's quite shocking. Again, once again, we have two of these major states that had major uh, ballot issues. We have Maricopa County. We were told, we were led to believe that in Maricopa County there was an influx of that's where all the day of of voting was going on. And we're always taught that the people that vote that day are Republicans, and then all of a sudden we hear, well, they were from the Democrat. They were from Phoenix area. Some of them. They were from the, some of them in this area. So,
1: yeah, I think that we. We. Got, I'd like, if we may, if with this with Manny's permission, to go back to my earlier biblical uh, question, which is. But what is truth? Is it unchanging law? We all have truths, said, was it it? we all have truths, our mind the same as yours. And uh, it seems now we have a situation now where the mathematics of it are one thing, that's one truth. And what the Democrats wanted to turn out, that's another truth. And that truth seems to be as so often happens in uh, democracies, changing to dictatorships turns out not to be corresponding with mathematics.
2: Yeah, I- uh. <laughs> well, I, it's, I think that being the case, I wanted to say the truth, but that being the case is so damaging to our democracy. I mean, how can we get through an election where you have one party where whenever the voting continues, it always favors one party over the other. Like right. it's never yeah, been the case of Republicans.
1: That, that is a brilliant point. How can that possibly be true? How can that possibly true be true just as a matter of arithmetic or just as a matter of statistics?
0: I was about to say if statistics.
1: You man. Told you, I was a tiny bit of a star in statistics in college. And uh, this kind of thing where uh, you have uh, very, very big statistical uh, numbers to work with, and they all always turn out to go one way after starting out another way, that's not really heard of in statistics.
0: And also, I'll ask the next question, how come it always happens at night? Every... That's right. Every single ballot dump you wake up in the morning and you find your candidate has lost 10,000 has is behind by 10,000. every it happened obviously election night two years ago. I believe they smartened up and they focused on two states this time. but uh, but again, Adam Laxalt, very, very popular candidate. And he's not a Trump for the people. He wasn't a, a Trump, he's, as Ben knows, his family is very big in, in the state of Nevada. He was, a, he is a great candidate. And it's just amazing, Ben, they lost every district in Nevada, pretty much. But the governor won.
1: Now- yeah, there's, something, there's, some, there's something going on there that does not correspond with the usual way statistics works. And, and that's the usual way statistics works has a lot to do with truth.
0: You're completely right. And to Mandy, I'll go to you and say, Republicans just don't seem to care. And it's, it's, it's what I've, I've been saying. Oh,
1: wait a minute. I wouldn't say that. We're all Republicans.
0: About, okay. The, 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 the leaders in the Republican Party, uh, Mandy, do not seem to care one iota about this. Uh, in fact, it's it's I, I've been saying for a long time, Mitch McConnell did not want to win the Senate because him winning the Senate meant it, that Trump won the Senate and he did not want that. He took all the money, obviously, out of uh, New Hampshire, Arizona, and put it into a race of a Republican versus a Republican because he wanted Murkowski in, not the not. Toshiba, how, however you pronounce Toshiba. your name, and and, and however uh, I miss, I know I'm mispronouncing it, Mandy. But that's what he did, and it, it, we have no Republicans screaming. What uh, not many Republicans scream. What the hell is going on in these states.
2: Yeah, I. It's interesting. I was, I've got a friend in town um, who works with some of the Republican groups, and I was asking him this question: Why is it that um, there's this Democrat machine that works really well? and you don't necessarily hear about them but you know they're there and they know how to turn elections around. We don't have something we don't have something like that. Like every now and then we get things right and momentum swings our way but we don't have this infrastructure in place to establish some degree of consistent success across a party that has immensely popular positions and immensely popular policy solutions especially in the face of what's going on in the world right now. So yeah, I, I it's it will also be interesting to see if there is going to be any leadership change at the top. But then the next question is, who replaces them? If some of the senators were to say, well, we don't want McConnell, who's who's going to fill that void? Um, because of the way of the Senate is it's it would go to one of the others that have been vying for a leadership position for years. And that would put someone like Senator Thune, maybe Senator Cornyn. Um, And I mean, those are the top two at the list or like Senator Crest. But that's that's pretty much it. Um, And then on the House side, you know, I I think McCarthy is going to end up being the leader, hopefully the speaker, um, meaning we get the majority. But there's not enough accountability for the Republicans that actually get to Washington, D.C., to effectuate a change at the top from the leadership. And, and yes, there's consternation from the voter base, but therein lies a disconnect between the voters and then you know the groups that ultimately run the party in Washington, DC. And then if you get rid of them, who's gonna replace them, which is always, it's, it's, a, it's a tough but real question.
0: By the way, uh, just uh, before we get through you, just so everybody knows, Tom Barrasso, who I believe was pro-impeachment, already came out and said, uh, there will be no vote. They're not going to delay the vote. Mitch McConnell is pretty much the leader of the Senate. He already Ixnade, Rubio, Holly, Ted Cruz, Ron R- Rand Paul. He already it, it put, put the kibosh on and, and Rick Scott and anything like that, Ben. And so uh, I, I don't know what to make of this, but Ben, going back to your point, six million more Republicans voted than Democrats. <laughs> you
1: no, know, something. So there is something desperately wrong and i would like to go back to being a historian and uh, i'm sure there are many fine, much better historians than i am but there is something extremely strange about the fact that uh, so much data seems to point to a republican majority in in the in the congress not to mention the white house and yet it doesn't quite turn out that way somehow uh, some disconnect is made and this is just what the National Socialist German Workers' Party did uh, under uh, the Führer, and uh, they did it very successfully for a while. But uh, that's um, I, I, it's uh, the, the precedent is extremely ugly and 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 worrisome. And, and I will say that uh, well, what about Russia? Well, same thing in Russia. I mean, in, in Russia, in Russia, there was not even a pretense. Of a majority for the Bolsheviks. There's no, not even a pretext of it. They just seized the most important centers of power in Moscow and St. Petersburg. And so they, they didn't even have to vote about it. But it, in terms of being able to cleverly subvert the vote, uh, the Democrats, at least to me, and I could be wrong, I'm often wrong, uh, seem to have become masters of it, Ma- masters of deception. There was a a book uh, a long, long time ago, before either of you were was born, uh, I think by J. Edgar Hoover, called Master, Masters of Deception. That's the Communist Party of the U.S. Uh, USA. And uh, boy, Masters of Deception seems to me to be uh, something very, uh, very much w- like what's going on here.
0: I'll take it even one step further, Ben. What they did to the people like us or other people that dissented or questioned after last election and deplatformed them and banned them, they scared to death people from asking questions like you're asking, which is such a logical question to be on any news program and say, I don't get the math. They, They have 6 million in the popular vote. I get it. The popular vote doesn't represent Trump didn't win the popular vote against Hillary. I understand. But go down statistically down all these all these congressional seats and tell me how that doesn't resonate into winning a few of them, even just a few of them. But you can't ask that, Ben, because you're banned if you do.
1: Well, 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 I'm afraid it's even worse than that. Since since my friend here and colleague whom I'm proud to call a colleague uh, is a lawyer, she she will understand this as well we have law, these, the right to dissent and have that dissent heard in the courts seems to have been lost. I mean, that that's what's really frightening. And, and I don't think anyone has paid enough attention to it that after the 2020 election, when the cases were brought to the courts, the federal courts, not one court would hear a case. And even though there was a blatant, evidence of, uh, what should I say, misconduct would be a a kind word, I think. And uh, that's unheard of. And I think Mandy, who's a very much more recent law grad than I am, will know. remember that in the cases uh, after the Smith Act and various other acts having to do with the domestic subversion after World War II, um, no matter how far uh, afield from the truth a case seems to be, some court would always take it up. There would be some court somewhere in the middle of nowhere that would take it up. Now, no courts are taking up these cases that seem to me to have at least uh, superficially so much merit. What is going on here? I mean, to to think that the courts have been lost and the, the Congress has been lost in the face of the feelings of the voters, that's really frightening.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it it seems increasingly I mean, even at the Supreme Court, um, you know, they've they've been emboldened more recently. But think about the leak like the leak from the Supreme Court is devastating to a longstanding confidentiality that was held and protected by the most liberal justices to the most conservative. And the leak has completely broken that apart. And then on top of it, what it did is it invited violence at the front door of our US Supreme Court justices because they had deigned this past, one of their past um, sessions, They, they made the right decision on a number of cases. And so they truly were representative of, were representing doing the right thing and not falling prey to this political pressure that so many other courts have to the point, Ben, your point, that they are finding reasons not to engage in cases where the public needs them to engage. By the court pushing aside issues and just letting them languish without any finalization or any resolution to the issue, it just continues to create division. It continues to create um, instability that is beyond damaging. And that has now made its way all the way to the Supreme Court via the leaguer. Now, to a uh, testament to the Supreme Court justices, they've, they've stood fast and they've continued to do what they know that they are supposed to do. But how long will they be able to last when violence is literally showing up in their backyards or at their front doors, when they take on these politically divisive um, or just divisive in general issues?
1: Yes, and this, is, this goes to something uh, in uh, street violence in Los Angeles and probably in other cities, which is that uh, there are a f- fantastically large number of killings, of homicides, in uh, the inner city. And very few of them ever get to trial or indictment uh, because, uh, as the gang people say, no witness, no trial. Tonight's and the they state and state it's just... What's going on there? Uh, someone in my room here is making too much noise. There's uh, a, if, if the gang people uh, have figured this out, that is if we kill somebody or a group of people, and then we kill all the people who are possible or threatened with killing, all the people who are possible witnesses, again possible witnesses against us, there's not gonna be any case against us. And something like that is happening with the federal courts. If we uh, terrify the federal justices and judges Uh, There's not going to be a case against us. And uh, something like that, very much like that, happened with the uh, justices uh, just recently. As you say, I mean, a justice is a justice and he has robes and he has an extremely powerful position in society. But if you threaten to kill his children as they're coming home from school, he's just a person after all.
0: Well said, both of you. And I'm curious, I have a question for people because I don't have my phone in front of me. To the people in that are uh, Brady or whoever wants to do the math, can you tell me how many women over the age of 18 are unmarried in America? Uh, please, I would love to hear that number. Uh, if any of you could come up with that number or Mandy could... Uh, do that because I will get to that in a minute. If you just tuned in, you are listening to the Saturday Night Special of the World, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We are joined again by Mandy Gunasegar, who's becoming one of our favorite guests, and of course, America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. The reason I ask that question is, because that's the number that keeps on getting thrown out at us, that that is the reason why we lost the election, is this somehow 68% of unmarried women in America Throughout all the counties, <laughs> voted against abortion. Voted vote the, was the abortion in vote. Favor that, of
1: allowing abortion. Sorry. In favor of allowing. It, it,
0: abortion. Right, in favor of allowing abortion. That that's what that that's what really drove this home. For so 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 going against with math, six million extra votes. I'm curious to really know how many women that equates to when they say that 68%. That's their talking point. That's their standing point, Ben. And I don't see that as being, you being being really a mathematician or economist, would probably know way better than I.
1: Well, how, yes, how would it be possible that if this enormous, enormous preponderance of uh, single women voted against Republicans on the issue of abortion because of the issue of abortion, how did the Republicans manage to get so many votes? And it's a very good question. I think an even better question is, and I've said this over and over again, why are so many women against life, against rights of life? I just have never been able to understand why so many women are in favor of killing their own or their friends' children. I, I mean, I guess I do understand it's a matter of convenience. It's an incredibly, incredibly burdensome and expensive to raise a child it's unbelievably burdensome and expensive i just had my son's wedding second wedding tonight and i can assure you it's very very expensive in any way but it's uh i mean d- jesus we're talking about life and death really right. really is it that is it inconvenience that important
0: no you're completely correct and mandy it's it's it listen the numbers really don't add up i don't i don't i don't get it i i listen i follow this and i could promise you and ben could acknowledge this more than the i follow the numbers ben taught me to believe in trends and all these different things i've been looking at real clear politics it's you could you could map out counties you could map out uh, you could see every result in every county pretty much how many of them have been reported, how many of them not, have not been reported. And as I was looking through the list, I, the, the numbers in counties, Mandy, just didn't add up to me of, of, of how many votes were still left, how many of them, sw- every single time it's at 90% again, the last 10% goes to Democrats. This, it's a statistical impossibility.
1: Um, yeah, there's a statistical impossibility for there to be that kind of consistency in vote results, uh, in something which is which is not it's definitely not fully randomized. There's no doubt about that, but it, it tends to be somewhat randomized, and the randomization of it seems to take, a randomizing of it seems to have been taken out of it in recent years. Uh, that that's a mystery to me. It's a, a further mystery, which is. Not mathematical, but psychological and moral and ethical is what do uh, voters think they're getting out of voting Democrat? More inflation, which is really becoming a problem. More crime, which is a super mega problem. Uh, more dissolution of the family, which is a super mega problem. Uh, more fear. I mean, a vote for the Democrats to me is a vote for fear. I don't get it. Why? Why would people be voting for fear? What's the point of it? What's the point of it for black people? What's the point of it for white people? What's the point of it for women? What's the point of it for men? Why would we want more fear in America? We have plenty of fear. We have no shortage of fear. Why, why would people be voting for more fear?
0: Again, and see that point that he just brought up. What's the um? The, what was the line, Mandy, that Biden kept saying? Democracy is in uh, is in danger or is in whatever line. Yeah.
2: He, he kept was, saying like democracies on the ballot or they or would dem- say like variations
0: dem- of dem- that. in danger or whatever, whatever, yeah. be- whatever beta <laughs> test, Google test he did. That was a line that, that, that apparently worked, uh, with democracy, meaning abortion. I mean, that, that, that was really, uh, the, uh, the, uh, signal because we know that we know that democracy we know vi- there's as Ben said there's violence on the street we have inflation what good are these people bringing us to the table and democracy I guess to the left is code now for social justice for for, for environmentalism and for and for abortion Mandy is the only thing I could think of
2: yeah I think the Democrats are really good at distorting meanings they take words and they change it. So they can take something bad, which we understand when they talk about democracies on the ballot, they want to squash dissent um, and they want to disrupt the importance of institutions like the courts. They're sending a very strong signal there. But some people just they think they're voting for social justice, um, which is just a code word for checking the box, but not actually doing anything to help anybody tangibly improve their situation. And Ben, I wanted to say this, like Boy, back that's on the really
1: nice one, man, it's really nice, really nice. Thanks. Well,
2: and and yeah, of course, and and uh, back to the, um, you know, not only are were they voting for someone else made this point, but I thought it was very compelling. So the unmarried women, the sixty eight percent that vote against Republicans, that always show up to protect their right to abortion, uh, they they are however many they may be, and I don't believe that they're as big of a number to account for the difference, um, which I think is your point, Judah, it's not a big enough number to account for the difference in Republicans losing over Democrats constantly and consistently, but they're representative of this class that puts themselves above everything else. Um, And there's just been this like barrage of cultural influence telling young women, especially, um, that their self is more important even than their own child that may maybe, you know, that they're carrying. And, and that it's now gotten to the point where understanding unmarried women are a part of an important base to the Democrat Party, setting aside the numbers issue. But let's just say it's an important base. This now means that the Democrats... Uh, it is not in their interest for people to get married. And I feel like that's been a long-standing part of their platform to go against the nuclear family. Um, and you could probably explain that much more in depth than I can, but now it is a political point that unmarried women favor Democrats. So it, it, it behooves the Democrat Party, if you're thinking from their perspective, to not encourage men and women to get married and to keep them unmarried, keep them in the cycle of self above everything else while giving the, them these superficial opportunities to pursue social justice initiatives, to feel good about themselves, but to actually um, you know, not be doing anything to tangibly improve their own self-worth Right, because I feel like your best self worth is derived by helping those around you. Um, they don't actually do that, but they have this fake false feeling, and now it's in the Democrats' interest to keep people in, uh, in, in that cycle.
1: Well, but what, but I don't, I don't understand why it could would even be hypothetically in their interest. I mean, even hypothetically, why is it better for a woman, an unmarried woman, to stay unmarried? To not have children, or to have children and not have a father living in the family, where's where's the advantage? I I don't get it. I mean, if the advantage is that they can go out and have sex anytime they want without having to worry about uh, bringing a child into the world. Well, I don't think I mean as I look at these women, they don't look like they're going out on many dates anyway. So I, I mean, I, I don't see what's going on. Maybe, maybe people don't go out on dates anymore. Anyway, I don't. I just don't get what the reason is, except that there is the big lie going on. Mr. Goebbels' big lie. A doctor, they call she's called Dr. Goebbels. What is Dr. Goebbels' big lie? The big lie is that if we keep you from getting married, if we keep you from having a child uh, without having a, any responsibility and, and keep you from having the responsibilities of being a parent, you're a freer person. But that's nonsense. I mean, it's nonsense to think that you're well off if you're lonely and 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 have nobody around you. That's that's just nonsense. That that's psychological nonsense. That's what makes me think there's some kind of fraud in accounting. I mean, there's just there's just no reason.
0: And by the way, this. somebody looked up the number. Thank you, guys. Thank everybody in the ranch. It's 55 million guesstimate, uh, not guesstimate. Oh, they're pretty 55 uh, million what uh single uh, unmarried women
1: that's just uh, above the age of 18. that's with all due respect that's i think that's impossible with with the greatest respect and thank and gratitude well there's
0: 110 million unmarried people 18 and older as of 2016 a statistic
1: yeah but uh 18 110 million 18 and over unmarried yes uh, very hard to believe but if your viewer says so we love our viewers so we will believe him so I will get them go back to the point what's in it for them to vote Democrat what is in it for them?
0: Well I think Mandy said it the, I think I, I, I think they've been indoctrinated. I think they Man, Mandy I think you, you, you probably know you've probably known a lot of single women there's there's a, a, a utility. Now, in being part of that class, they're never in, in Ben's day, and, and I understand that at a certain time in history, there was no utility. In it, it the, the utility was marriage and a family. It was the it, it, it was the so it was, it still is. It, it it should be, but for a lot of these women, they're taught, and men, that it's not Mandy. That it's not a utility. And I could testify to this, be, 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 being one of these people on these dating sites, that there are quite a few people out there that have no interest, Mandy, in getting married. in, 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 in they prefer... Well, so prefer,
1: they say. So they so
0: say. They say. Well, I have to take them at yeah. the word. <laughs>
2: and, <then laughs> I women, think...
1: and women lie about that all the time. I mean, you know, let's yeah. not, <laughs> not kid ourselves. They all, they, all, when they, they all want to get married to someone handsome, rich, studly, they all lie about it. I mean, I, I'm sorry to say that and probably they'll get a lot of them to hate me, but I don't care. I have a wife who's been my wife for, for about, well, about 60 years and I think I can count on her to, longer than that, 65 years, I can count on her to be my wife a little longer. So, or 60 years only. So I can count on her to be my wife a little longer. I don't really care about what the other women think about me. I have a, uh, I, I don't see what utility could possibly be and being an unmarried single woman, unless you're, uh, I just, I just don't, just don't understand it. Where's the utility? I don't get it.
2: I, I don't you know. know. You know, it's, it's interesting with my independent women's forum group. We talk about this a lot, and there's a, there's a range of married, <clears throat> divorced, unmarried women that range from newbies fresh out of college all the way up to forties um, to probably. 50, 60. So it's it's a good swath in terms of the variety of women that um, are living today in, in the United States. And we have this conversation a lot. And I truly think it's it's this indoctrination point. I mean, women, women have been sold a lie that if you are like independence and the way to be empowered is to stay single, um, to potentially have multiple partners, to not be monogamous. And this has only gotten worse more recently. Um, and to, you know, focus on your career, like, especially if you're an ambitious career driven woman, it's, it's all about, you know, the family's just going to hold you back. But it's, it's so crazy because I do have women who are about my age, let's say 37 to 40, um, who have prioritized their career. And now they're at that point where if they don't have a partner and they don't start trying to have children, they're almost at that point where they've lost the ability to, to to carry that child in, in a healthy traditional way. Now there's obviously other ways you can do surrogacy and all those sorts of things, but they're having to think about these sorts of things. And it is this immense source of sadness for them. And I get so concerned, especially the climate cult. All right. Let's talk about climate change and what they tell. They try to tell young impressionable women that they should not have children because why would you want to bring a children into a world where from their perspective, they think it's going to end in a matter of 10 to 12 to 15 years, which is because, another big lie.
1: Because another gigantic super lie. So the, in that case, my, in that case, my very smart colleague here, we're dealing with some several super lies. And, and you, you have just nailed one of them, which is that the world is coming to an end because people burn gasoline in their cars. That's incredible. There's just no evidence that that, that that's true. And since we keep mentioning how old I am, and I am much older than either of you, I can remember so vividly, so very, very vividly in the 60s when there was article after article in the learned journals or semi-learned journals about how a new ice age was dawning. And now somehow that's been turned on its head. But if there were still an ice age to be be dawned, they would that would be used to tell people why they had to vote Democrat too. Perfectly said, both. <laughs> Any lie.
0: Perfectly, and again, you, it it harkens back to you with the truth. And uh, mm-hmm. when we look at what's going on right now, uh, it's even affecting our own party because there's so much uh, the divisiveness going on within the party of who of who to blame right? So the easy thing to do is blame Trump. The easy thing to do is blame Trumpism. Now, Trump was the only one I saw going to rallies across America whenever he could. He was the only one speaking for all these candidates. So I'm not willing to dump Trump. And, I, and I've been asking this question to people who think DeSantis is this. Listen, Trump turned Florida red. He's the one who turned Florida red. He's the one that got Governor DeSantis to be governor. I want people to not forget that. And and I also want people to not forget that um, DeSantis, whose sister state is Georgia. Now, as popular, Ben, as DeSantis is in Florida, how did Walker, wouldn't it stand to reason that DeSantis, if he was this almighty, powerful person, would help win Georgia? And I don't get it. It's literally their sister state, if this there's something special, whether you love him or hate him, that Trump is willing to put it on the line for his for for the people he believes in. I don't see DeSantis being that person. That's just me, humbly.
1: Well, that's the question. The question really isn't whether which of them is willing to put it on the line; it's which of them will attract voters. And I know, I uh, we know that Mr. Trump attracts a hell of a lot of voters. We know that Mr. DeSantis attracts a hell of a lot of voters. Uh, I'd like to go back to. It. We have several blocks of voters in this country that consistently vote Democrat. Why? Why do blacks consistently vote Democrat? What is it that the Democrat Party does for blacks that makes them so consistently want to vote Democrat? I mean, the party that brought freedom to the slaves was the Republican Party. The party that broke the anti that broke the lynching laws that allowed the, that allowed lynching. Was the Republican Party, the party that enacted the first Civil Rights Act since Reconstruction, was the Republican Party? Why are well, I don't understand? Somebody brought up against, I, against the Republicans. I, I, I just that's just a mystery
0: to me. You're you're bringing up a great point, and Mandy. Somebody actually in the, the rants brought up a great point about about us losing the culture wars, and losing the culture wars. I I, I want to bring it back to another thing. Remember, the only reason, and I was telling Mandy about this before the show, and Ben obviously knows this, in television, there's something called the fourth wall. And that's when uh, the person on a TV show actually talks to the audience. They call that breaking the fourth wall. Now, Mandy, I was talking to you before the show, and people forget this, in 2016, when Trump won, the reason he won is he was able to break the fourth wall, and that being the media. He was able to use Twitter to bypass so much and beat and beat Hillary. It was, it, people forget it was an outlier election in the sense that he beat the media. And what Ben is talking about, what's so confusing to understand is the media is giving these people these messages, Mandy. The media, we, we, we turn on every show, every program, every big company is pre, you can't go, you can't order food on Uber Eats without being reminded to buy from black owned businesses, Mandy.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah I. No, go ahead, yeah, back,
2: go ahead. Well, I was just going to say back to back to Trump's approach. He was so accessible. I mean, before prior to Trump, the only time you heard, and I'm air quoting directly from a president, was it was mostly uh, well-formed press statements that had gone through layers of review before they were publicly released, or press conferences, but even previous presidents, a lot of what they said were rehearsed talking points. Trump just spoke to the people and directly. He was so accessible and he was transparent for better or worse. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't refined and perfect. Like some people um, expected perfect with words is what I mean. Um, Like some people had grown to expect with communications coming from the white house, but that's what excited people. That's what got people who had felt like they were outliers of the political process to show up and stand in line and vote for President Trump. And so there is a difference. Uh, I do believe that DeSantis's success is very much a result of Trump going into Florida and creating this deep red coalition that he did. Remember, it was Trump going into places like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin that actually gave a breath of hope to Republicans that we could then again go back in there and win areas that had for a long time been deep blue. Um, and, And so I think I'm kind of going back to what you said a little bit ago, Judah, but I feel very strongly about this. It's easy to blame Trump, but that's because he puts himself out there. He puts himself out there. He is fighting for our candidates. He is showing up. And so if things don't go the way that we want it to, he's an easy person to blame. But I get concerned. There's a bigger issue here. And this goes back to our earlier point. We don't have this strong, stable infrastructure on the Republican side. And if everyone's quick to just blame one person and then move everything along status quo, we are going to be continually set up for disappointment. And that is the last thing I want. And I think it's the last thing this country needs, because, Ben, to your point, what did the Democrats have to offer other than, chaos and breakdown of the very institutions that have made this country so great up until this point.
1: And what the Republicans have to offer, but a free society, free enterprise, prosperity and peace and uh, and progress. And long ago, I keep going back to long ago because I'm so much older than you do, but I saw a, a billboard in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, home at that time of a very young, Mr. Biden. And the sign said, vote Republican, peace, progress, prosperity. It seems to me it's still a damn good slogan, peace, progress, prosperity. But we don't have peace at home now. I mean, we are are not engaged in any sizable foreign wars. Uh, We are helping out the Ukrainians, which is really wonderful. I believe that's the main credit that Mr. Biden has. He seems to be doing substantial help to the uh, to the people who want a decent society in Ukraine. But uh, aside from that, we are moving towards a state of perpetual war. I mean, the the fear that is in Americans, especially unmarried women, uh, who are walking the streets of our cities and even suburbs is just incredible compared to what it was when I was a child or even a young man. I mean, there's just the, the, the fear in New York, out near Columbia, where I went to college, uh, it is incredible, it's here in New Haven, near Yale, where I went to law school, it is, it's incredible, it was, it was unheard of. And this is what we've gotten out of a democratic government. government. where's the advantage for that in anyone, for
0: anyone? Well, you see, you're raising a great point, and here's the problem, we don't have the machinery. And as Mandy's talking about, we don't have the machinery. Listen, Ben, if we're not for you, I wouldn't have had my Nixon education, right? So as, as, as we well know, Nixon, God, God bless the peacemakers, right? Now, now it, it, it's not common knowledge to most people that Nixon was a peacemaker. The now, ultimate peacemaker. Sorry?
1: The ultimate
0: peacemaker. The ultimate peacemaker. But going back again to Trump, right? Trump was a peacemaker. Now, you, you, don't, you, you don't hear this going around that we we had four years of peace we had four we might have had noise i'll take peace over noise any day of the week ben stein but we don't have the machinery and republicans even when they have the machinery don't know how to message that they don't know how to say out loud who the hell cares what he said judge him by his actions not by his not by his words and, you, and I've said this often on the show, you you go you watch a Sunday morning show with all the Democrats, Ben, they're all saying the same thing. You have 20 Republicans on, they're all saying 20 different things, Ben. And we just don't have the machinery. And I don't know how we build up this machinery to, 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 to avoid.
1: I, we need some strong people. I mean, we have, the Republican Party used to have a number of strong leaders who uh, inspired the voters. We don't have that anymore, but I I, I will go back again to saying we've had this terrible inflation since uh, Mr. Uh, Biden took office. Don't get me wrong. Some of it is because of very, very good Federal Reserve policy to fight the economic effects of the pandemic. That was by no means all a mistake, and it cannot be blamed on Mr. Biden. But in terms of starting the inflation, that was unequivocally caused by Mr. Biden stopping fracking unequivocally just the republicans never even mentioned that
0: because they don't they, know how to
1: bring it up at all
0: why, they why
1: d- is that? and why do the news of course the news media never brings it up because they only bring up things that are favorable to the democrats but why is that not brought up for a very very large number of american families inflation has been a burden i mean if you raise prices at the grocery store by 15 percent For many people, that's close, not the same, but close to cutting their pay by 15%. Isn't that worth mentioning? It's
0: seemingly not. You see, it's a perfect, Mandy, what he's saying is such a great, it's really Ben. thank you for raising that great point. What he's saying is, Republicans assumed, and you know what they say about assumptions, uh, Republicans assumed Again, going by the the math being correct, let's just say the the, the, uh, Republicans assumed that Democrats would be in so much pain that they would have voted Republican, that Republicans assumed they didn't need to get this messaging out. And this and this is what happened.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because the Democrats were able to create a coalition. around a hatred for a candidate, Trump. And Republicans, we assumed that if life is bad and life is harder via inflation, primarily high gas, high groceries, and the things that impact you every day, that we could form a coalition um, by assigning that difficult, that financial difficult um, situation to one candidate. And we were not not able to do that. Uh, Maybe in some areas, but other things got in the way and so there, there is something. It's, it's always a fine line between messaging discipline, but then also maintaining authenticity. I do think Republicans, uh, you know, for better or worse at times, are very authentic with their message. Um, but what's lost is an important degree of discipline to where they are hitting clear, concise points that tie people's problems back to. The party that deserves that blame. And if it's the party that's in charge of the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and life is more difficult, you've got to make that point clear. It was the Democrats that made these bad policy decisions. And we can get lost in all sorts of semantics um, and, and residual issues. But at the end of the day, Democrats, bad policy decisions from the start of the Biden administration made everyone's life more difficult. And at the, at the heart of that was His energy policy because energy underlies everything that we do. And it's not, it's not that complicated. I mean, people understand that. It's just saying it and repeating it and assigning some degree of discipline and messaging, which Republicans aren't always keen to do because they're they're the independent type, which is also a wonderful characteristic of the Republican Party. But at some point we need to get together and decide we want to be a winning party and we need to establish some degree of discipline
0: and into ben yeah. i, I want to go to you though ben because i think what you said is extremely important when it comes to the when it comes to the abortion stuff how come republicans are so so darn scared to say this is what you're celebrating this is what you're celebrating this, 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 to the women at home you're celebrating the, the right for abortion over the right for safety, over the right for our, uh, uh, America. This is, this is where you're willing to take your last stand and, 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 and really come out, Ben.
1: Yes, really come out and say, and you are celebrating the, uh, your, the right you have to kill your own children with, with no recourse whatsoever. Don't have to go to court, don't have to go to any, any kind of tribunal whatsoever. Is that really how we want to treat our young people? Is that really how we want to to value human life? Very hard to believe that it is, but, but maybe it is. But if it is, if that's true, we've really changed as a people. If we really don't think human life is worth celebrating and protecting, we're, I think, in extremely serious trouble in this country.
0: I think you're completely right. And, Mandy, to his point... I think I it, listen I understand the people get repelled by certain issues uh, uh, but a lot of issues now are science and republicans need to learn the art of saying we're not talking to you from a god place this isn't about god we're talking to you about science and what science has taught us is that Babies, fetuses, respond to music, as Ben says, respond to sound, where this is science, as you people love to be the party of, so, of, of so-called science. Fight back and say, this isn't about God, because God isn't what changed me on my opinions about abortion. It was the science that changed my beliefs on this, Mandy. I was a convert because of science, not because of God. And Republicans really need to, to, to figure out a way to do
1: that. My humble. Well, we, I
2: agree. Well, right.
1: it, just to, just try to speak up a little more loudly about what's going on. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's truth. We're looking for truth. Truth is abortion kills a human being. Truth is that there is a real serious decline in, in standards of living in the U.S., because of inflation. Truth is that our streets are not safe. That That's to me, that is extremely serious. So, that no longer is this great, great country a safe well, place. Also,
2: there's an interesting statistic and I think this number is right. Someone could fact check me on this or I could follow up. But since Roe v. Wade was overturned, there's been ten th- around 10,000 babies that were not aborted that would have otherwise been and so there's now 10,000 new human beings alive and well in this in this country alone because of that decision and and we should be celebrating that you know and, and, and let's focus on the positive outcome of this decision what the democrats often want to do they don't want to get to that they don't want to get to the life component again it's all about the self above all else um and and they just want to focus on this is about freedom and They concoct these theatrical outcomes where well if you have a baby you're going to be barefoot and pregnant back in the kitchen and lost your right to all these things that the feminists have been working on for forever and i can i can attest um having been both barefoot and pregnant in a kitchen i've not lost the ability uh to go out and achieve a career i want um any endeavor that i have wanted because I chose to get married, have a family and raise my kids. And women need to hear that too. But back to the point where, whether it's a woman or a man. I mean men are just as much a part of this conversation. I always get upset when people say right. I understand this is a woman's issue. This is this is a human race issue and it takes a man uh- and a woman to create a child and men have just as much of a say in this as do women and and it's all about the creation of life which is something I agree we should we should protect And we should celebrate. And we need to lean in on that conversation and not be afraid to engage because it's the other side that wants to chill us from engaging on these divisive issues. But they're only divisive because we have stayed silent. We generally speaking, conservatives and and Republican leadership have stayed silent on these issues and let the other side overtaking it, basically putting us in a corner. And a very
1: unpleasant corner and one we don't belong in or deserve to be in. The corner we should be in is a corner that celebrates what man and woman together have created, which is life. And why we don't, why we back away from that, I don't know. The corner that we should be in is celebrating the fact that a family with a paycheck can pay their bills, why we're backing up allowing ourselves to be backed in a corner which says we can't we we don't want you to do that i have no idea we are being painted into a corner we don't belong in again to go back to the fuhrer the nazis were geniuses saying every problem you look at it's the jews and in fact their slogan was it's the jews and by then speaking of which i just read an article that said that at the university of florida recently uh, after a football game there was uh, someone in the uh, coming from the players area of the stadium uh, beamed uh, some letters onto the wall of the stadium saying it's the jews it's the jews it's the jews this is starting again this this nonsense this horrifying nonsense this cruelty of uh, lies that are vilifying the Jews is starting again, and it's not that far from the vilification of human life itself, in terms of being pro-abortion.
0: And and perfectly said, both of you. Uh, I, I'm so happy you were here tonight, Mandy, and I'm so happy you Very share.
1: kind of you, Mandy. Yeah, and I'm
0: so happy you share your perspective. Now, I, as we're closing shop, uh, the message that Republicans need to learn is they need to figure out this mail-in ballot thing. Now, uh, what we're discussing is the Republicans, the the, the era of the debate is dead. And the era of the debate is dead because as I brought up last time, mail-in balloting. By the time the debates happen, 70% or 80% of people have already mailed in their ballots. Republicans really need to build a platform that says, wait to vote, wait to vote, wait two weeks. We'll just have some patience and listen to the candidates' debate. And and then, Ben, they could talk about these issues. Because if you can't have a debate and nobody's watching it because it doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter what's said. And, and it's really important that we hear candidates, their thoughts on these things, Ben.
1: Very, very important. And you're so right, the era of the debate is over if we're not listening to debate and i'm afraid the era of truth is over and i i shudder to think what comes after the era of honest debate and truth and counting the numbers fair and square because it seems to me it's going to be street thugs beating up uh innocent people that it seems to me is already happening
0: Perfectly said. And on that note, I want to thank everybody that's been listening to the show, everybody that's been watching the show, everybody that's following us. We had our best week, one of our best weeks ever, with the podcast. We hit number sixty-two in news and commentary. And I want to thank you all for that. We we have no advertising budget. We don't get paid, but that you've propelled us to be number sixty-two in that category out of probably uh, many thousands of other shows. Means the world to us. Remember, even if you watch on Rumble, go to go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a good comment. Give us a good download. It's very helpful. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you listen on Rumble or you or you listen to the podcast, go to Rumble and join the rants. We got to meet at this wedding a few of the people that watch this show. So shout out to Luke and a shout out to the DJ. Uh, sorry, I didn't get to meet you, but I heard you're a fan. So thank you so- from the bottom of our hearts. I want to remind everybody uh, Mandy, tell people where they could find you.
2: You can follow my work at IWF.org at, on True Social, or on Twitter at MississippiMG.
0: Perfect. And of course, you could find Benjamin Jeremy Sine and Truth. You could find them at Newsmax. Uh, you could also find them, of course, at Spectator.org. And you could find them on The World According to Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And, Ben Stein, it is Saturday night.
1: It's Saturday night, Not I just got paid for about my money. Don't try to save heart, say, go, go, have a time, because it's Saturday night, and baby. I'm feeling fine. I'm going to rip it up. I'm going to rock it up. I'm going to rip it up. I'm going to rock it up. I'm going to rip it up and ball tonight. And... I'm sure that's what my son and his new bride are doing. And God bless.
0: You. <laughs> oh my God, I love Ben Stein. Uh, God bless you all. God bless America. Uh, God bless you all. Have a great night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Stay safe. Don't give up hope. Sorry,
1: Ben. No, we never give up hope. We never give hope. up hope. Period. We don't yes. give up period.
0: God bless you all, and uh, we will see you Tuesday night.